This episode is brought to you by Select International Tours. I am proud to be a group leader along with our spiritual director, Brother John Michael Paul. Father is the pro-provincial of the Americas for the community of St. John. And for over four years, we have worked together, putting together transformative experiences, sacred travel, is an opportunity to be immersed in the geography, the faith, the history, cuisine, and heritage of a people in a way unlike any other. It stays with you for a lifetime. Select International Tours and Cruises is considered one of the premier Catholic travel companies in business for over 35 years. And in these times, choosing a well-respected company is important. Consider joining us on Pilgrimage. Find out more by visiting selectinternationaltours.com slash BTS. That's selectinternationaltours.com slash BTS. Gabriel Media presents The Brooke Taylor Show. Encounter, adventure, evangelize. And now your host, Brooke Taylor. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. This is episode number 237 with some bonus shows to tell you about. On the last episode, I gave you a life update on how we transitioned our youngest son, Gus, into homeschooling. So the last two weeks have been completely immersed in that, but it has been going pretty well. I think we're still on the honeymoon phase but thank you for your prayers. But in that show, I mentioned re-airing a best of with Hector Molina. It was one of my favorite episodes from last year, but I didn't get a chance to actually recycle that and put it out as a best of because on top of the homeschool move, my mom also got COVID. And so she had some setbacks. We had a few hospital visits. Thankfully, she is okay. Also grateful for prayers there as well, but she has turned a corner now. So we're very grateful she's on the mend, but that's why... Today's episode is the first one back from the break, and it's not Hector Molina, but the good news is you can listen to that program. It's out, originally published in 2020. It's episode number 208. The title and the theme is Holy Masculinity, so you can check that out there. And I've been blessed to fill in a few times now for my friend Timory on her show, Trending. It airs on Relevant Radio nationwide. And I love that because it's a national show and it's live radio. And if you heard my episode late this summer and some of my personal struggles and, and challenges with doing the podcast, you know how special it is to connect with listeners live in real time. So that's been really neat. And so on the last show, I had an opportunity to sit down with Lieutenant Commander Ali Ghaffari. His story is one for the ages. He is a former atheist, a naval F-18 fighter jet pilot who had an epic conversion to faith. And he says, this is one of the things that just blows me away. He says that the biggest war he has ever fought is not when he was flying missions over Taliban-held Afghanistan, but it is for the souls of our young people. He understands, and he's dedicating his life to that. So he is now a headmaster of Divine Mercy Academy in Maryland, where they teach classical education in the Catholic tradition. That's going to tie into today's episode. But Mark, my trusty producer, actually kind enough to pull a clip from that conversation. So I want you to hear this. In the story, we're at the point now where he has graduated from an elite academy, Lieutenant Commander Ghaffari at this point in his life is convinced of his own intelligence and that there is no God, and then how the seeds begin to get planted. So check this out. 
Stephen was way smarter than I was. And so I just, I just latched on to Stephen because uh, here was this guy who could, you know, kill you a hundred ways. Uh, and he was incredibly <laughs> he intelligent. Was a, but he, he was did, a Christian, you know, right? He, he was a believer. He, he was a Christian. Yes, he was. And, but he was an atheist at one point in time too. And then he had been convinced of the truth of Christianity. Uh, and so I had to take that seriously all of a sudden. As if this guy that I really respected believed in God, all of a sudden I couldn't just dismiss Christians as being you know, idiots. I just couldn't do that anymore. So, uh, so I really had to take a hard look at it and he challenged me to do so. Okay, so we'll stop there. And thank you for pulling that clip, Mark. But as I mentioned, he has this astounding conversion. He becomes Catholic. He gets his master's degrees in philosophy and theology while dogfighting in his F-18. And he was on faculty for many years at the Naval Academy. So then he goes on to found this school along with his wife. That is also an incredible story. And because of his passion to save souls, to revive classical education. And it goes hand in hand, which we'll see glimpses of in this next clip and throughout the show today, in his dedication to the study of the system of education in the United States. It is very eye-opening. So I want to share now just one more clip here because I think it's important. So Mark, could you pull, it's a clip around the 38-48 minute mark. He's talking about the Frankfurt School. Take a listen. And I'll just preface this by saying, in no way, shape, or form am I uh, a conspiracy theorist, and uh, but this is something that I did research on, and it's out there. And so, uh, going back to World War One and the Communist Revolution, communists take over Russia in the early in the early to mid nineteen tens, nineteen eighteen, in that in that range. And once they've taken over Russia, they say they set their eyes then on Western Europe and on Americans, and and they're strategizing how do we how do we bring communism over there? And the biggest obstacle they faced was Christianity, the Christian culture uh, that was just imbued and, and held in great esteem in Europe and America. And they said, well, if we're going to take it down, we have to take it down by undermining virtue and we have to undermine the family. And so they sought to get rid of morality by uh, uh, emphasizing immoral action, uh, predominantly just within relationships between men and women, uh, but also ridiculing fathers uh, and undermining their authority. And so they became uh, pulled away from the family as well. So they started to nibble away at the, the fibers which, which bound Western civilization. At the same time, they formed this, this think tank, is probably a good way to describe it, called the Frankfurt School in Germany. And out of there, they started to kind of you know, propagate this, this propaganda uh, which was you know, proposing this Marxist view of the world uh, to Western Europe. And one of the things that the Frankfurt School created, came up with, is called critical theory. Uh, and the critical theory, the basis of that is to pit uh, different uh, groups within a civilization against one another to create division uh, and infighting so that they can then sweep away the superstructure of what is there and replace it with communism. Uh, and so this, they used to great effect uh, within uh, Germany, which allowed Hitler to come to power, and then also in China to bring communist, uh, communism to, to China. And so during World War II, they were chased out of Germany and then landed at Columbia's Teachers College, where they found uh, a gentleman named John Dewey and his followers there, who were propagating kind of a socialist, pragmatist philosophy of education, which... Uh, 
a discounted history, discounted virtue. They wanted to separate family, families and children. They thought the state could educate them better. Okay, did you hear that? Undermining virtue, undermining fathers and ridiculing them. That was interesting. So that is just a glimpse of the hour-long conversation that I had with Lieutenant Commander Ali Ghaffari. So please, if you can, check out the full interview on Relevant Radio. If you visit relevantradio.com and search for the Trending with Chimmery show page, you can listen to the entire episode. And I'll also link it up in the show notes. And that brings me to our guest on today's show, Sister John Dominic. I've been waiting for this interview. I had a chance to sit down with her at the Catholic Marketing Network Conference, and it was a long time coming. So you'll hear again that background noise just as we were recording. So her story is in 1997, she and three other sisters founded the Dominican Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist in Ann Arbor, Michigan. You may already know of them. That name was familiar several years ago when Oprah Winfrey went in and they did a whole series on the sisters. Yeah, that's Sister John Dominic. And Sister has been involved in Catholic education for over 30 years, both as a teacher and administrator. She currently serves as the principal of Spiritus Sanctus Academy in Ann Arbor. And this is what we're going to talk about. She's developed the Disciple of Christ Education in Virtue curriculum, and it's structured on the virtues, on the teachings of St. Thomas Aquinas regarding the virtues and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that goes directly back to what Lieutenant Commander Ali Ghaffari was talking about So this is really important, and I think you're going to enjoy today's show. Let's get to it. On my wish list of guests is Sister John Dominic. In fact, last season, we started the process of setting up an interview, and then it kind of stayed suspended out there. We never moved past the initial stages. So I was so happy to hear that Sister would be at the Catholic Media Network Conference presenting and serving, where I happen to also be presenting and broadcasting this week. And here we are. Welcome to the show, Sister. Thank you. It's great to be here with you, (laughs) Finally. At last. Yes. So I want to get into so much. The the virtue program that you have that I know so many of our listeners will be familiar with. And if they're not, this will be exciting to give that introduction. But also a little bit about your story. I I pulled up a brief bio. So I wanted to just touch on that. And you, uh, Sister John Dominic Rasmussen, was born in Berkeley, California. Probably don't remember a whole lot about that though, no, because not much, right? <laughs> you were five when you moved to Nashville. Yes, right. Five okay, five, yep. and then you converted to Catholicism. So I want to ask you about that during your sophomore year. Enter the Dominican Sisters of Saint Cecilia in 1982. In 1997, you and three other sisters founded the Dominican Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist. This is Ann Arbor, Michigan, and you've been involved in Catholic education for over 30 years as teacher, as administrator. And so I'll talk to you about that. We have a lot to get to from your Lumen Ecclesia Press and Digital, the Virtues Program, but your vocation and your conversion. So this happened in high school? Right. I was in, um, so the, the, one of the blessings is that um, I came from California, so my, my parents were like, well, we, you know, we, I didn't really grow up in a Christian home, but we were a good home, and so there's the exposure. And so the funny story, do you have time for a funny story yes, on this? Please. Okay. So um, they sent me to a Christian school so I could, um, you know, for the more for the education. So this happened to be a Christian school. So in the Christian school, we would go to this assembly every week. And so we were singing songs. And so the song we sang was about the end of the world. So a person would be, you know, coming and then all of a sudden they would disappear. Well, the that's rapture. Sc- the rapture, yes. Yeah. So it scared the bejeebies out of me, okay? <laughs> 
So I was following my mom around the house and everything, and she's like, what is going on with you? You know, we need to do something about this. So she talked to a neighbor. They took me, uh, arranged for me to go talk to the Presbyterian pastor. So I went, and I could still see myself going into this, you know, the church. It was it was like an afternoon, there were lights on, there were the pews, it was very plain, it was white walls, you know. So we go in, and he's, and I'm telling to him, she must have given him a heads up about it, but he was so wonderful and so gentle. But he advised me, he says, when you start feeling afraid, keep a Bible next to your bed and open it up and just start reading the scripture in the middle of the night. So what happened as I did that, as I started to feel a peace. And so I, that memory and that experience is really something in my day now and the work that I do with Disciple of Christ Education and Virtue, um, teaching virtue, but also teaching young people how to do Lexio Divina because so many young people um, experience anxiety, they've got a source of unrest or peace, and, and I myself, you know, had that ancient anxiety, read the Word of God and felt peace, and I want them to have that same experience. Because when we read the Word of God, we, the Holy Spirit is present. So I started saying a prayer at that time, Dear God, show me how to love you more. Obviously, if you look at me, if listeners, you can't see me, but I'm in a full habit. And I'm like, I'm, I've habit. gone all in, a Dominican habit, so I'm all in. You know, I became a Catholic, and now I've given my life totally to God. So he's shown me totally how to love him more, and every day I strive to, strive to do that. So from that prayer and your Lexia Divina, although not knowing it at the not time, Not knowing I'm at sure, the time, right. What brought you then into the church? Well, it was, um, so going uh, into, at that time, when I, w I went to an all, St. Cecilia Academy, I went to all-girls Catholic high school, so they would put us, all the Catholics together in one religion class, and all the Catholics in another, so I was in the, the non-Catholic religion class. So I would, sister would be teaching us morality, and I would be arguing with her, but then, but my dad, who's a wonderful man, is very principled, and it's always like, there's two sides to every story, you got to find the truth. So the more I would argue, the more I would see the truth. And I began to say, okay, I want this, you know. And really it was in being in front of the Blessed Sacrament when I realized that Jesus was truly present in the Eucharist that I was like, I've got to become Catholic. So I became baptized and confirmed. And So you have, you have a charism of receiving those graces from Jesus and the Eucharist, enthroned as you adore, also in scripture. And I'm wondering about your parents. Did this spill over? And what did they say when you were going to enter religious life? Oh, uh, they were not happy. Okay, so when I became a Catholic, they was like, okay, you know, you can practice what you want. We'll be open to that. But when they, they made, the, when I told them that I wanted to go to religious life, that was very startling for them because really they're only, and, and really I don't blame them, you know, their only experience would be like a second distant cousin in our family that was in Hari Krishna or some sort of cult in California. So a lot of it just like from the outside could look the same. You know, you kind of live in community, you've got rules that you live, you have this lifestyle, you kind of dress differently than everybody else. So they kind of saw that, um, made that comparison. But I think what, what happened over time as they began, because really you know, it happens to all of us when we draw near to the person of Christ, what happens? We become more the person we're created to be. You know, we don't, you know, like 
you know, Christians and, you know, Catholics, whatever, we don't just kind of become like these robots. You, you're more free, you know, you experience that, you experience a happiness. So they saw that and in, in, in how I was living in religious life, they come to visit, they realized I was still the same person, you know. So over time, you know, over 20, 25, 30 years, they're very peaceful, they're peaceful with it, and they've totally accepted it. So that's a true grace. Yeah. Thanks be to God. And the world, the world saw that. I knew we were talking about this, but people might immediately know because this is the claim to fame, so to speak, is in 2010, Oprah did a whole episode with the order and how the order was growing. And then there was a follow-up. I have to say I was laughing though, because last night in the room, I went back and I was watching in Lisa Ling, I think, had gone back in to do an update a few years later. And one of the things that she said was they showed, uh, they, sh they went into the chapel and showed, I think it was mass, it may have been prayer. And it was something like, they go up in a choreographed group and it's like choreographed, <laughs> but it's, it was so beautiful. And oh my goodness, did that reach out and bless so many people because you really had some fruit from that. Right. It was, it was really a blessing. And I have to say that, you know, when, when we were asked to do it, you know, we didn't really know, we didn't know if, if there was any experience of any other like Catholic nuns that, that Oprah and her people had come in. So I called um, a friend of mine and who had done it before and I asked her, I said, what do you think? She goes, I know you all need to do it. She says, they are so wonderful. And and her, you know, her advice was proved to be true. And um, everyone that came in, they were respectful of our life. Um, they listened. I mean, I think they, they kind of came in with an idea originally because we could see the questions of of what they're trying to uncover. But I think as they began to see us as, as people and as women that love God, all of them, from the producers, from the camera people, to Lisa Ling herself, to Oprah herself, respectful and really just did a beautiful job. It was a great experience. And I think these days that's what you wonder, is this going to be a hit piece? And it really wasn't. It was, and you can, I encourage anyone to, to look it up, but through that time, your life goes on. There's just a quick snapshot, but day in and day out through prayer, through the monastic life. Uh, but also you're a teacher. So you have, as I'm thinking about when you were arguing with your religion teacher, you've always had that zeal, but your education and virtue, that then was another fruit. Can you tell us about that? And I know so many will be familiar, but just starting from scratch, if no one knows, what is education and virtue? Right, right. So education and virtue really came, grew out of when, when I was a principal of the school and really focused on creating a Catholic culture, creating the Catholic identity within the school. And also, obviously, being a Dominican, you know, looking to the teachings of St. Thomas Aquinas, who's given us this beautiful corpus of virtue education. But... What, when we truly understand, you know, virtue means the habit of doing good, you know, and with young people and, and people who are searching for happiness. So when we begin to live this ordered life and we are, are looking how to change, you know, like a negative to, you know, negative to a positive, virtue is that. We strive for goodness, you know, like, like truth, beauty, and goodness pulls us out of ourselves, you know. And um, so what I, when I was trying to get my teachers, you know, to say, okay, we're going to teach virtue, and they're like, oh, no, what is that? You know, okay, virtue is a habit of doing good, right? And I, and I, and I say, you're going to teach prudence, justice, fortitude, temperance, you know, and they're like, how do I teach temperance to a kindergartner, or how do I teach prudence to a kindergarten? Well, I said, fair question. 
So what I did is that we started creating the resources where we did images and we said, let's see what this virtue looks like, sounds like. So the looks like, sounds like, you give the visual of what it, what it looks like, you give the words of what it sounds like. That made it accessible. So as somebody has said to me, you know, what, what sister, actually is a good friend of mine, Lincoln Snyder, who's now the president of the NCEA, which is the National uh, Catholic Education Association for the schools. He said, you know, sister figured out how to teach St. Thomas Aquinas to six-year-olds, you know, so it's Thomism for children. And, and that's uh, really been my passion and the sisters that are working with us and we're probably in over, you know, 600 schools now. And uh, to go in, we train the teachers, um, we can te teach people diocesan wide. But what it does is it gives us a distinct Catholic identity. It gives us the respect for the human person because we're all created in God's image and likeness. So as you begin to look at other people through the eyes of virtue, because the virtue and all the virtues that are related to it becomes the lexicon of the school, of the teachers, the parents, the students. And so you look at one another through this lens, this eye of virtue, and it changes the culture of the school, you know. And give us an example, looks like, sounds like. Oh, great, okay, so if we take a virtue like um, affability, okay? So what is affability? You're like, you can teach affability. They may not be able to spell it right in kindergarten, <laughs> but you teach them affability with a looks like, sounds like. So affability means to be friendly. So you teach the kindergartners, okay, so we want you to be friendly. So when you're walking down the hallway and you see a teacher pass, okay, so it, it looks like looking at them in the eyes, okay, and it's the words that sound like, how are you doing today? Asking a question, or I like your necklace, or your dress looks pretty, or affability could be a new student has come to the class. Um, how are you gonna welcome that one? Or courtesy, you see a classmate, you know, carrying too much into the school, open the, hold the door for him. So all these different little situations that we all encounter in the course of the day, that we talk about the habit of doing good, when you teach this, you know, just habitually, you're showing them and you're modeling for them what it looks like. So that really is what, what makes it uh, different, I think, and what our resources are able to provide uh, for schools, for parents, homeschooling parents, individuals, you know, anybody, you know. And I think as you're talking and the challenges, so this is your assignment to all the listeners, use, exercise, practice affability today. But like you said, it changes the lexicon of the school, the culture, firms up the Catholic identity and impacts the lives of everyone, the children, the teachers, the parents. And that is so needed. And I think about how we as parents so pray to protect our kids, the ear gate, things that they see that comes into their heart, the, the eye gate. And we feel sometimes, I do, I have older children. Uh, my oldest is going to be 20. And so at this point, he does have a cell phone. And just the platforms, the apps, the social media bombards our kids. What's the best way that we can protect them? I think the best way, one of, is to teach them virtue. They know virtue's beautiful. When they see virtue, they recognize virtue, they practice and live it, it's very easy to, to see vice or the counterfeits of that. So it really is a great way that we can protect our children to preserve their, their purity, their holiness. And I think that it's such an easy thing to implement. So you're saying this is for the home and the school. Right, 
Exactly. And, and even businesses. I mean, really anybody, you know, when you, when you start, I mean, like the examples that I've talked about with the cards, you know, are for younger children. But once uh, teachers and parents begin to understand, you know, there's 28, there's 32, 33, 35 virtues that we have. You know, I just gave an example of one. You can teach prudence to a first grader, you know. Um, but I think what it is, is you know, initially, it's kind of like playing, a, it's like doing a sport or playing a musical instrument. You know, you first start doing it, but after a while, it becomes habitual. The more you practice, it becomes, you know, second nature to you. And that our response is not, you know, an immediate, you know, impatience or immediate judgment or um, it, it, it kind of gives this in, interior, because you, you see these examples on the exterior, but really what we're trying to do is interiorize this, this behavior, this response, this reaction. Um, and, and we have to practice that. We, it isn't just, isn't just going to happen, you know? You're speaking my language. This is why I talk about all the time, the muscle, because action ignites inspiration. A lot of times we think it's the other way around. I need to be inspired to be nice to this person. That's what I feel the secular culture would say. Or I need to be inspired to, to work out today. I'm not feeling it. It's really the other way around. Once you begin that action and you practice it, you're, you're inspired by how the Lord is working in your life or how you're growing in some ways or strengthening. And then it keeps going. So just to start, again, it's the little way. It's the small things. And it's so beautiful to see that, and especially in the family or in the school setting. And I want to ask you also with Catholic identity in our Catholic schools specifically, how do we strengthen that? This is a tough question. When your children's Catholic school is sending like flyers for yoga enrichment, there are a lot of Catholic schools that really need help with Catholic identity truly. And there's some problems. So how do we in a charitable way begin? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, and I think you know I, I I mean being an administrator myself for 20 years, you know I mean I have a lot of I understand the, the pressures that administrators that principals have because you know we look at the culture and there there are a lot of pressures coming on them. You know I mean they've, we've just kind of come out of this pandemic with with COVID. We have all these these situations that have come up. I mean parents are they're wanting you know and really I mean. And, and with me, you know, I had a lot of, when I, when I developed this, I mean, I had parents saying, you know, there's bullying going on in the school. How you, what are you gonna do about it? So I said, well, I got my teachers together. I said, we're gonna respond to this with virtue. And, but the, the thing about it is, and I say this to, to parents who may wanna talk to, because virtue really, I've, I've done a lot to tie with a lot with social emotional learning. And that's really kind of the place in the school where it is. It isn't necessarily, I say it's, it's more than a curriculum, it's a way of life. So I think in some of these situations where schools may be trying to choose something that isn't virtue-based, it could, and, and, I, and I would say that, that they could be grasping this because they're trying to create this Catholic identity, they're trying to create this culture in their school and they're not, they don't understand and they don't know about this wonderful heritage that we have within our Catholic faith and our tradition, which is virtue. I mean, that was part of it what motivated me, quite honestly, is because I was looking at charter schools down the road that were taking students out of my Catholic school because the tuition was free, but on their walls and their building, they had prudence, justice, fortitude, temperance. I said, not only are they taking my children, they're taking the language 
and they're using it in the charter schools, which should be a part of every Catholic school. So I think what, where we want to, what I would encourage your listeners or anyone that may see a school that may be, may be going in and adapting these secular approaches, I would try to sit down in, in, in charity, in virtue, and say, you know, can you just take a look at this? You know, Disciple of Christ Education and Virtue, call me. I'll talk to them, you know, and talk to the principal, whatever it is, and and also help them with other dioceses that, that I'm also working with, you know, to, to show that it's 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 a way of life. It changes the culture of your school from a from a negative to a positive. Um, it gives everyone a common language that they're all talking in, and then once they begin to see it, they see it in liturgy, they see it in history. Um, you can, and, and also in your own spiritual life, when you're trying to overcome sin or a vice, the best way to do that is that you recognize the, the sin or the vice and you practice the virtue that's opposite of that. And that's a more positive way to grow, you know. And, and you don't get so discouraged, you know. So Catholic identity, Catholic culture really is that you walk in, you see the artwork, um, but really, and I, and I tell teachers this, and what I talk about also about social emotional learning, the person who's the best teacher is seeing is learning, is the teacher themselves, yes. is the principal themselves. And when they embrace this, and, and I think oftentimes the hesitancy of not adapting it is that they simply don't know, and they had never been taught. And... Um, and I, I did a whole video, and the first video was called, You Got This. You can do it. You know, you can do it. It's, it's not as difficult as it seems. And um, it's just being encouraged to do it, you know. I, I love that so much. And I had Sue Brinkman on my show, and she's a specialist in the New Age and in that sort of spirituality. And she said, we, we were talking about the yoga thing, and she said, I honestly think a lot of these Catholic teachers or whatever, you, they just don't know. And I think the opposite is true, too. They may not have had that formation themselves uh, with virtue and the education. I mean, so Catholic teachers and Catholic schools, I love Catholic education, I love Catholic schools, I love Catholic principals, and and they don't, you're right, they don't know. I mean, they're in this profession not for the paycheck. They're in it because they love children. They're in it because they want to make a difference in the life of those children that come into that little door every day that they see you know and it's and it's i mean it's an exhausting job and it's it gets harder and harder every year because you know there's more ways that that parents can communicate with you there's more expectations that people have um so it's it's difficult and the other thing i'll say too and i and and you know kind of got me on my soapbox this because I mean I, I will defend Catholic teachers because um, they they're doing it but also the laity the Catholic lay teachers um, really have saved our Catholic institutions because you know if we look back if we look back in the 1960s 97 percent of the teachers were religious three yeah. percent were laity right now that statistic is completely flipped where 3% are the religious, 97% are the Catholic laity, who are, are not making that much money, they're committed, and they're doing it. So if you're a Catholic teacher and you're listening to this podcast, 
I love you. Thank you for being <laughs> in that classroom, you know, and, and keep it up and look up Disciple of Christ Education Virtue. I'm going to help you. We'll help you. Yeah, so let's do that. When someone's hearing this and says, this needs to be in my school, yeah. what's the best approach? Because I think, oh, it might be cost prohibitive. What's the best way to get the ball rolling and how does that work? Yeah, so you check out our website. So we, we have openlightmedia.com. So it's really easy, openlightmedia.com, educationandvirtue.com. Check it out. Call 734-996-4253. Yeah, talk to Sally. Sally is my customer service. She's like A plus, top drawer. She will help you from start to finish. And we will come there and we will help you. We've created all sorts of training videos. So that's 734-996-4253, I think. Oh, four two. I don't know. Look on the website. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I don't know whose number I just gave you. <laughs> but talk to Sally. Look it up and but check us out. I mean, really. I don't remember numbers anymore. No, I know, I know, I know. But we will be. We will walk with you. You know, I say this together. We're stronger. We will walk with you from start to finish, and I can guarantee you, it is not as difficult as it seems. You know, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So talk yeah. about talk a little bit about your the Lumen, the, the Lumen Press and digital. Yeah. So yeah, I know you're having a, we you lucky you we changed the title. Okay. So <laughs> Lumen Ecclesiae Digital was what we had, and and because everyone was like, that's Latin. We can't say it. We don't know how to spell it. I yeah. know that. I, did I mess it up? But we changed it. No, no, no. We okay, changed it. Okay. So we, it's all changed. This has been okay. the last two months. It's so there's no Lumen, way you would have right? known that. So it's called Open Light Media. Okay. Okay. Open Light Media, so like the OP at the beginning is like Order Preachers in Light or OpenLightMedia.com. And so we're just changing it, you know, so it's, it's, just, it's just new, you know. So OpenLightMedia.com, one of the things you can pick in there is Education of Virtue, and you can see everything we've got on there. And that's all our videos, our podcast, our training videos, um, everything you need. Everything virtue and, and it's only, yeah. isn't it like twenty nine dollars a month? And yes, everything. It's a, a year, year. twenty nine ninety five for a year. You yeah. can get cultivating the virtues. God gives the growth. So, if you're thinking I don't know how to teach virtue, we did a video series where the sisters are teaching it. The sisters teach it. Then we have a cartoon that shows that virtue in action. Then we have a saint story, and then we have Lexio Divina. We've done all the worksheets. All you got to do is pay twenty nine ninety five, and you've got that. We've also done uh, Life of Christ, Lexia Divina companion series, which is awesome. You got that that's free when you pay the $29.95, all that comes in there. We have another series, it's called Vice to Virtue, which is Father Nick Monco, which is a Dominican uh, priest who's teaching um, about, you know, looking at the capital sins and then showing you a way out of that mess, you know. And then we've done some really nice um, historical virtues, I mean, um, uh, videos. It's actually uh, with In God We Trust. It's on the monuments in Washington, D.C. We did that with Corporate Travel, which is a travel agency in, um, in the, our area that does great work. And so check them out. They have a family field trip, and those videos are a part of that. So that one annual rate opens the vault Everything. of all of that. And you our, have access. Yeah, so you get the sisters' music. We have a, um, oh, wow. music, and then you also get access to all our virtue content. All our downloads are free. I mean, it's, and, and we're just going to keep producing content. Yeah, that's, yeah. we need it. Thank you. So as we conclude, one story of success of someone who went through the virtue education and maybe over the years something that you might be able to share where it, it blessed them or helped them or a story that you heard after the fact. 
Oh, goodness. You know, that's one of my favorite things to hear is just hearing those little situations. So, um, actually, we did a video. I had testimonies. If you look on the website there, I did testimonies of students and uh, one of the teachers. So there's a one young man um, who I was trying to teach uh, him self-control. So he was just driving my, my teacher crazy. <laughs> and so he came down to the office. And so I told him to, you know, take the chocolate chip cookies take him home but he could had to bring me one back on the weekend because he needed to practice self-control so he he came back he did a video telling the story so i don't want to be a spoiler you all can watch it but he talks about how now in his adult life remembering learning virtue has helped him and i said so basically in the fraternity house where you're living if there's one more beer left in the refrigerator is because you left it for him <laughs> serve it well. Right, exactly. I, oh, I love it. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless your work. And I, we have the websites and we will continue to support and pray for you. And thank you for all you do. Right, thank you, Brooke. It was thank great. I like how she remarked that even the lexicon changes in the school when virtue is implemented and the heritage within our Catholic faith, virtue. So maybe some homework there between listening to the Lieutenant Commander Ali Ghaffari interview, if you get a chance. Also though, in charity, in virtue, taking a look at what is being propagated at whatever school your children or grandchildren are in. If And this is something that you can also do at home. And it's an opportunity for us all to learn. And as Sister said, the website site is openlightmedia.com. That's where you can get more information or educationinvirtue.com and talk to Sally. So thank you again to Sister John Dominic from the Dominican Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And this is the last show in the month of October, a month dedicated to the Holy Rosary. It is also Respect Life Month. And on that note, I wanted to wish our son Gus happy birthday. He is our youngest child now in double digits. Is a pretty neat story because it was after we were already pursuing adoption, years of infertility, losses, miscarriages, that we were surprised to find out that we were expecting. So I was pregnant. A lot of people don't know that when we were in Poland and we picked up Carolina. And so Gus was in Poland with us in utero and we came home with Carolina in July. He was born at the end of October. So it's a pretty special time. And as we prepare for the weekend, Gus is also St. Jerome. He's going to be dressing up as St. Jerome for a local All Saints party. So I am loving the homeschool life. It's pretty cool so far. So God bless you and keep you. As always, your feedback is so valuable. You can reach out at thebrooktaylorshow at gmail.com. Shoot me a message. Share this episode with a friend if it blesses you or also the relevant radio show. I will link up all the pertinent information in the show notes. And until next time, friends, may we all work to grow in virtue. Special thanks to my producer, Mark Cumming, for his dynamic skills and quick work. Mark is a producer extraordinaire. So for any audio video needs you may have, check him out at cominghomestudio.com. Until next time, peace and love. God bless you.